Hello and welcome back to Paranormal Hotline Podcast, the weekly paranormal show where we tell you how to defend yourself against the forces of darkness. That's a lie. We are not qualified for that. My name's Kaylee and I'm joined by my co-ghost, Ashin. Hello. How you doing, Ashin? Anything paranormal this week? Uh, this week, I'm yet again happy but somewhat disappointed to report. No, nothing paranormal. God damn, man. You gotta start doing more paranormal stuff, you know? Okay, I've put myself on the line. I have invoked curses upon myself, you know? <laughs> it might just be, like, proof at this point. You have. I feel like one of these days we have to try and, like, summon a demon on the podcast or something, right? we got to, like, step it up a notch. This just ends with me being possessed fully and uh, having to throw myself down the stairs or something. I don't know. Hire a witch on Etsy to put a curse on you or something properly. Let's, no, <laughs> let's not do that. Let's not. <laughs> that is one of those things you would just get paranoid about more than anything. Probably, and part of me thinks that's how it works. I th- I'm going to go the good old-fashioned Irish way and just bury some meat in your on your land, and that yeah. will curse you. <laughs> I'm going to be suspicious if I ever see you around here. We're just with a packet of bacon, like, taking <laughs> <laughs> a hole. Bacon and a trowel, just... just to, I only have a fork, so I'm, like, scraping the ground, <laughs> trying to get the hole. Uh, fair warning to our listeners this week I got a new cat and uh, he's very small and likes to scream so if it sounds like there's a firework going off on the podcast or something it's just a very small cat screaming his lungs out for attention when you said a firework I was like how loud does this cat scream but I know what you mean it's like one of the the howler fireworks it is yeah oh my god not the explosion no not the explosion (laughs) part like he hasn't done that yet but uh, I have a doozy of a case this week but fair warning to anyone listening to this story it is pretty gruesome and gory and uh, there's also mentions of sexual assault in this story too if you're not up for that I'd suggest listening to last week's episode instead and hear about some famous hoaxes alright so let's move on with the story so our story begins in Bedburg, Germany in the year 1582 so 1582 was already a really rough year for the residents of Bedburg, and it was about to get much, much worse. So at the time, they were dealing with a battle uh, that we know all too well in Ireland. It was a Catholics and Protestants. They were at war, and both their armies basically kept invading the city, and it was causing huge problems. They're very, very close to uh, Cologne and, and Dusseldorf, so this city was like constantly, there was armies parading through there all the time. Uh, They had big problems with that. And as well as this, they were also dealing with the dreaded Black Plague. So it was a terrible time to be alive. Possibly one of the worst times to be alive in human history. The double whammy. And things were only going to get worse for this village. It began with cattle mutilations. So for a few years, the farmers in the area were baffled by the death and mutilation of the cows in the area. Farmers were finding their cattle in the morning just ripped to pieces in the fields as if they were torn torn apart by some kind of animal. The mutilations were just getting worse and worse until one day, a farmer's son disappeared. And the entire village searched for this child, but he was never seen again. Then, a few days later, a young milkmaid also went missing one morning, went out delivering the milk. And suddenly, the disappearances became more and more common. So more children and young women were going missing in the area, and some of these missing children were eventually found, but they were horribly mutilated. The same kind of mutilation that was seen with the cattles. And some of them were just never found again. 
So some people even started traveling, like most people traveling in and out of the city started doing so in large formations so that they could try and avoid what was ever killing them. But like, what a horrible time to be alive. You have to travel in packs trying mm. to get out of the city so that you don't get mutilated by some creature. When you're in the city, it's just rampant with plague. And even when you're traveling between other places, you could just come across like an army at war <laughs> and get killed. So really, really horrible and stressful time to be alive. Just avoid that area. Avoid yeah. the... The community were, as you can imagine, in a panic. The creature was described as greedy, strong, and mighty, with eyes great and large, which in the night sparked like unto brands of fire, a mouth great and wide, with most sharp and cruel teeth, a huge body and mighty paws. So most people in the village assumed that it was some sort of great wolf that was attacking people. It was attacking people and the cattle, so they were kind of—they just assumed that it was a wolf because wolves generally tend to go for children as well, and the yeah. milkmaids that were going missing were also quite young, so that's what they assumed was happening. When the limbs of several people, several of the missing people, were found in a field, the villagers were convinced that a wolf was responsible and had committed all these these horrible acts. Several of the village's hunters gathered and decided to put an end to the wolf. And this is where the story gets weird and paranormal so the hunters spent days tracking the creature they followed the wolf prints and tracks until they caught sight of the wolf and the hunters dogs chased the creature until it was cornered and couldn't escape them this whole time they had been tracking a wolf and when they arrived to where the dogs had cornered the creature they saw a man a man that they knew very well a man named Peter Stoob he was a very well respected man who was fairly wealthy The hunters didn't believe that it was Peter at all. They just couldn't believe their eyes that this was the Peter that they knew. Because he looked more feral. He was kind of like half naked, huddled up in the the corner. They assumed they they were looking at some sort of trick that the creature was pulling. So they assumed that this was some sort of doppelganger. And they brought the, uh, the Peter to Peter's house to check, just to be sure that it was him. And... When they brought Peter out to the house, there was no Peter there, so they had to assume this was the Peter. That's how much they just didn't believe that it was him. They just mm-hmm. had to like check that it wasn't a doppelganger, because that's what, that's what they assumed before they would assume it was him. It couldn't have been Pete. Couldn't have been oh, Pete, you know? We know Pete, we know Pete. He's a cool dude. Folks, if you're enjoying the podcast, think about helping us out by checking out our Patreon. Uh, we are an independent podcast, so we don't get funding from anywhere else, and ads don't really support podcasts that much. Uh, so if you are listening or if you listen every week and you enjoy it, just please consider supporting us. Uh, the small amount from Patreon really does help us keep the cost of the podcast running, which does cost us a bit every month. Uh, if you were ever to meet me and Oshin out in a pub and you'd buy us a drink, just consider supporting the Patreon. Every little really, really does help us. Thanks. All right. So Peter Stube, <laughs> who was this man and why was he being feral out in the woods? So Peter Stube was arrested and tried for the crimes of murder. Uh, He was brought to trial, and it was only under pain of torture on the rack that he confessed. And by God, what a confession he had. So at his trial, Peter Stube confessed that the devil himself gave him a magic belt, a belt, not a pelt, of wolf fur at the age of 12. Uh, And when he put it on, it transformed him into the likeness of a greedy, devouring wolf. And when he took the pelt off, 
sorry, when he took the belt off. I keep saying pelt because I keep picturing a pelt. Uh, when he took the belt off, he returned to his human state. So what do you make of that, Oshin, so far? That's, uh... It's a wild claim, isn't it? Yeah, it's, pre- it's pretty nuts. <laughs> and, like, did he give that description of what he would turn into? Yes, that's actually his words. Reminds me, is there... I think there's a quest in Skyrim where someone has, like, a cursed ring and, like, it's turning them into a werewolf. Is there? It could be based on it the story. Because there's well a lot be. of things based on this. So, werewolf or not, Peter Stube was definitely a serial killer. Uh, a pretty deranged one at that and he was responsible for the deaths of up to 13 children, two pregnant women and numerous livestock there was also I think he killed a couple of men as well that's crazy, it's like oh, getting my head around like that yeah, child killer uh, like, send him off, the rack is too good for him Like, yeah it's insane the young women among his victims were sexually assaulted before he tore them apart with his bare hands and teeth, this is all his account of what happened by the way sometimes eating his victims. Uh, With the pregnant women, he ripped the fetuses from their wombs and, in his words, ate their hearts, panting hot and raw, which he later described as dainty morsels. Holy fuck. Yeah, that is his description of eating a fetus. Dainty morsels. Like, that is some Hannibal Lecter shit like that. That's just (laughs) insane. (laughs) I mean, I feel like in a lot of... I'm not well. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Maybe I should have warned you before. (laughs) It's pretty horrifying. It's so funny, though, because in so many, like... In so many modern werewolf stories, it's always like, oh, the poor werewolves are cursed. This guy fucking loved being a serial-killing werewolf. He definitely enjoyed it. Um, And when he says that he made, like, a a pact with the devil and the devil gave him this, this belt... The reason he says the devil picked him to give the belt to is because he had all these horrible thoughts in his head already and the devil knew it and kind of wanted to empower him by giving him this belt. The small children he attacked were strangled, bludgeoned, and their throats ripped open with his bare hands. Some were disemboweled and partially eaten by him. And that's one of the reasons why, because when they did find the bodies, they assumed it was an animal because, you know, serial killers will sometimes take bits but very rarely mm. will they just, like, bludgeon somebody and just start eating them like an animal, you yeah, know? Yeah, it wouldn't be that brutal. Or, well, you know, no. well, it's it obviously brutal, brutal but, but it's not... Yeah, uh, it's not that animalistic normally. Mm. Lambs and calves were ripped apart and also devoured raw. Uh, in one instance of a triple murder, Peter Stube saw two men and a woman talking, taking a walk just outside the city walls of Bedburg, and he crouched hidden out of sight behind some bushes. He called out to one of the men by name, so he must have known him, with the pretense that he needed help with some lumber. When the young man joined him out of sight of the others, Stube bashed his head in, and when the man didn't return, the second young man went looking for him, and likewise was also killed. Fearing danger, the woman began to flee, but Stube managed to catch her. The men's battered bodies were later found, but the woman's never was, and it was thought that Stube, after killing her, might have eaten her completely, bones and all. What? They think that he ate her entire body, like completely consumed her. I don't think you can, can you do that? Like not in one sitting, like that's a lot of person, you know? Yeah, it is. And it's also very strange, like ripping people open with your bare hands. I I don't picture that being an easy thing to do. No. So I wonder if this is like, like, was he a werewolf? Because I feel like a werewolf could eat somebody whole. I don't know if a man could, you know? Yeah, this is confusing me, but like a lot of my confusion just comes from how horrified I am. Yeah. 
I, I, I forgot you were so squeamish, to be honest. <laughs> I'm getting better, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm having trouble processing. I'm not one. even showing you anything. <laughs> <laughs> There's hardly crime scene for photographs from, like, Black Plague era Germany. <laughs> There's not, but there actually is uh, drawings and pamphlets, oh. but I'll get to that later. It wasn't just strangers that he attacked, though. Some of the worst murders uh, were in his own family. So he murdered his son, who was his firstborn, and he actually had... Like, this this son was born from his daughter, so it was an incestuous son. Okay. Stube led the boy into the forest and killed him and then ate his brains. So, got his head open and <laughs> just ate his brains. Yeah, which is just nuts. Uh, in The Damnable Life and Death of Stube Peter, written just two years after Stube's trial by George Boras, he wrote, And sundry times he would go through the streets of Colin and Bedburg in complete habit and very civilly, as one well known to all the inhabitants thereabout, and oftentimes was he saluted of those whose friends and children he had butchered, though nothing suspected for the same. So he used to just walk around the village and like talk to the family of the missing people as if like he knew nothing about it and be friendly yeah. with them. That's kind of a serial insane. killer thing though, isn't it? As well, yes, like that, that is, whole, like... yeah, very, very serial killer behavior. Um, just terrifying though. So Stube was found guilty on October 28th of 1589, and his execution was as gruesome as any of the crimes he had committed. His body was strapped spread eagle on a large wheel. With red-hot pokers, his executioners pulled his flesh from his bone in ten spots. His arms and legs were broken with a large wooden axe, and then his head was chopped off afterwards. So <laughs> You're right there, Machine. Good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm just like... <laughs> You just pass out. I gotta continue the <laughs> no, rest no, of the no. podcast by myself. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, is there like you're going like how brutal his, the things that he did were? Was there like, oh yeah, here's a common form of execution? Uh, to be fair, this wasn't that was common, common a form. But, <laughs> they believed but like, he was a werewolf, so they needed to make an example of him. When you have executions as you know a judicial norm, yeah, of course life is more brutal, you know. Yeah, it really is. It's funny that, like, they need to make an example of him as if, like, everybody's <laughs> going to start turning into werewolves if they don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we better nip this in the bud and make an example of him, you know? Yeah, yeah. We uh, better um, put, the, you know, put this out for all those werewolves out there. Yeah. Uh, so on October 31st, which is Halloween, uh, Peter Stube's body, along with his daughter and his mistress, uh, both who were convicted of abetting his crimes were burned at the stake. So Halloween day, he was burned at the stake. His body was, his head was actually kept separate. So his head was actually put on a on a pike. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His head was put on a pike and they had like a thing of a wolf underneath his head to show that he was like a werewolf man. Okay. As, as like a warning for other werewolves. <laughs> so even if he wasn't a werewolf, now he was? Yeah, oh no, they fully believed he was a werewolf at the time. Yeah. <laughs> um... Like, they hunted down a wolf. Well, they're not a werewolf. They believed that he could transform into a wolf, you know? Mm, mm. So, in 1597, James VI of Scotland published uh, Demonology. I think you actually yeah. mentioned that before in another episode. I have, yes. Yeah, so <clears throat> he wrote a whole book about demonology. And in it, he describes that lycan lycanthropy is a mental disease caused by a natural superabundance of melancholy. <laughs> Which I is think that's really ahead funny. Of, that's ahead of its time, you know. 
Do you think? Absolutely. <laughs> Imagine Genuinely if melancholy caused werewolves. Like lockdown would have been a lot more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> People bursting into lycanthropy. That's just it's. Ins- I just find that so funny. Uh, super <laughs> super abundance of melancholy causes werewolves. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I suppose I mean it from the case of it being like people potentially having a violent reaction to things. It, it comes from like it could be detected or it could you know potentially be treated just you know in a mental health sort of way. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now, yeah that's yeah. what I mean. Like you know, it's acknowledging it as like. I mental, thought you meant that like yeah, yeah. thing. Not even. <laughs> I, like don't, ment- I don't even know if that's what he meant. I assumed he just meant like werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> turn into werewolves because of melancholy yeah, but yeah all, mental all, disease makes it sound more uh, modern I don't even mean I just mean like you know it's uh, it, ha- it, it has a cause yeah you know well that was it's published not just there, like, like bang you know you're sick uh, with, uh, but you're sick with being, being a werewolf that's it yeah, you know yeah. it's like it, one thing leads to another that's uh, true <laughs> melancholy you have all these sad boys just turn into werewolves so it's possible that Peter Stube was a serial killer who also happened to suffer from clinical lycanthropy. Okay. Which is when someone thinks that they are turning into an animal. Um, it doesn't just have to be werewolves. Uh, clinical lycanthropy can be, you know, lots of different types of animals. Uh, but wolves do normally kill livestock. So that could be where he thought of the wolf part from or, you mm-hmm. know, could be any number of things. Wolves is that like are a also, modern? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, wolves are also... Uh, were very feared at the time, you know, yeah. uh, because they were notorious for killing children and livestock. There was a documented case from 1970s in which a 49-year-old woman, after having sex with her husband, suffered a two-hour episode during which time she growled, scratched, and gnawed at the bed. And according to the American Journal of Psychiatry, the woman later said the devil came into her body and she became an animal. The article goes on to say that there was no drugs involved, uh, or alcohol intoxication, and this was just one of those instances in which the woman had a lycanthropic, lycanthropic episode. So that's a thing that can just happen sporadically for that's two hours. That's news to me. That is news to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, like, it's not something that she suffered with long-term. Like, she just had a two-hour episode where she was a wolf. Her poor husband. <laughs> he must have been frightened to death. Like, This is, like... Sorry, did you say it was like after they slept together? Or yeah, it was after up? having okay. sex with her husband. She <laughs> suffered a two-hour episode. What did you do, man? She's like chewing on the bed frame, you know? <laughs> Sorry. You'd have to assume they're messing for like the longest time, wouldn't you? Like you would be able to take it serious. <laughs> honey, honey, what are you at? Until they start biting you or something, you know? Get down, get down from th- <laughs> But she claimed similar enough to Peter Stube that the devil came into her body and yeah. like, turned her into an animal. So it's very similar to, to what he said either way this story is terrifying and I can't <laughs> imagine the fear it caused in Germany and the rest of Europe at the time uh, it very much inspired werewolf fiction even up to modern times um, yeah. there was a pamphlet uh, made about this story and it was translated into English and the the London edition became the main English language source on werewolves and mm. it greatly influenced early modern ideas about werewolf behaviour so there's this huge pamphlet that was given out well, not given out. That was in London. That was had been translated. That there's like a drawing of all of what happened. It's great. Hold on, I gotta show it to you. People loved it. They were obsessed with it. This became a huge thing in uh, in London and all across Europe. This was translated into different languages. Uh, there's text with it, but that's just the images I've sent you. But that was like <laughs> a little fold out pamphlet that you could just like look at the story of Peter uh, I, Stube. 
I love it. I love it. Um, woodcuts are like one of my favorite things to look at, and this yeah. is a particularly good one. But it went on to inspire so many werewolf stories. There was uh, there was poems, there was plays written about this story, uh, and it kind of really influenced that whole werewolf pop culture idea that it's like this village that's being attacked and it's one of them that is the Mm -hmm. werewolf there is also a chance that he was wearing the skin of a wolf while he was attacking people too that he was that's what people were seeing that they thought it was a big creature but it was just him in the wolf skin just him bopping around just believing himself to be a wolf or I mean like he could have been a werewolf he could (laughs) have what do you think Gushing do you think he was really a werewolf like was he a regular cannibalistic serial killer who was just obsessed with wolves or thought he was a wolf or was he a completely innocent man who was targeted for no reason? Uh, I don't think he was innocent because he you don't confessed think he was to innocent. it all. He confessed to it all. <laughs> he, was, he confessed when he was on the rack, though. It was on, I thought it was he was being threatened with the rack. No, no, but, he was on okay. the rack. <laughs> I don't think he should ever get, take a confession under torture. No. <laughs> Seriously. That, that's what the Spanish Inquisition were particularly good for doing. Um, it is unusual that they hunt it down and they find him. Yeah. Even though they were tracking werewolf like tracks yeah. and they were yeah. hunting down, a, not werewolf, but a wolf. And then they yeah. found him. Yeah, it is scary. It's scary kind of thinking that like, even if they're not turning into a wolf, that there could... Like, this is the whole thing with like, you know, serial killers as yeah. well. That's the scary bit. It's like, they could just be there. You know, oh yeah, them, I think yeah, street. yeah, yeah. Serial killers are as scary as werewolves, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe he's just a poor fellow loaded up with melancholia. He had the morbs. There is a theory that he was Protestant, and <laughs> most of the people in the city were Catholic, and that they this basically used it as an excuse to to. Wow. Yeah, but I don't know how much how much truth is in that either, because the accounts and stuff were written pretty shortly after everything happened. The um the fifth picture there is just like someone with the hot tongs is tearing off his nipple. <laughs> it sure is, Ashin. <laughs> He's having a rough time of it. I mean, at least he wasn't alive being burned at the stake. Not like his daughter and mistress. and his mistress. I don't think they would have actually had anything to do with it. Would they? Um, I don't know for sure. for sure because. I, I don't know. I know that the daughter... That's the daughter that gave birth to the son that he ate the brains of. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> but I don't know how much she was involved. She probably... The, both of them probably were victims as well. But they were women, so how innocent can they really be? That's true, yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I don't know how brains work. It, wow. Is this, it's, it's just like... But you know how werewolves work, so... I know how werewolves work. But it, it, it's... Yeah, it, it's because you're just... You have too, you've, you're too much melancholia and... That's yeah. when you become a werewolf. Um, yeah, absolutely. Is it like when you have a lot of like violent thoughts and eventually you just think that the devil says, yeah, go with it, you know? You know yeah, especially at this you know, time in history. Yeah, it's normal and okay to have some violent thoughts. That That's a, rev- you know, a regular person thing. As long <laughs> as you it? don't do them. Yeah, it is. Don't let the intrusive thoughts win. Pretty much. Don't let the werewolf know? thoughts win. <laughs> they're, they're not, you know, they're not real. Until, until like, it happens. I'm just thinking, like, this guy just decided to let it happen. Or, like, he told himself, or the devil told him. Go with that. Either way, and this is what I was trying to get to, if there is or isn't a devil, like, he became it, you know? He embodied it if he was if he was actually committing these crimes. You know? It's a yeah. lot of evil there. That's pretty... Yeah, that's a pretty way of putting it. 
Uh, insane, just... Because, like, most of the time when I think of serial killers, I think of Jack the Ripper and up, or H.H. H. Holmes and up. I never mm. think of this time period and serial killers. You, you mean after, like, when you say and up, you don't mean and up, like the after Disney Pixar that film. time period. No. <laughs> so it's just crazy that they actually have this documented. And he was eating people, too. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is very animalistic. Whatever he was doing is just insane. Yeah, whether or not it was him, someone was at it. Yeah, 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 definitely. Ugh, ugh. Gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. Do you think it's possible that there ever is werewolves? There's a lot of stories that are very similar. Yeah. I want to know where the belt is as well. Yeah, where's the belt? I want the werewolf belt. <laughs> yeah, we get, we get a werewolf belt on Etsy there now, and I'll put it on and see what happens. Yeah, we'll get one off a witch on Etsy. Perfect. <laughs> we need to find a personal Etsy witch. <laughs> I actually am wearing my, my shitty wolf shirt and everything today. Oh, very on topic. <laughs> on topic. You didn't even know it was a werewolf no, episode. <laughs> no, I didn't. That's paranormal. That is paranormal. Put that one down. <laughs> that is everything we have this week for you guys. Uh, if there's anything you want us to cover on the podcast, let us know at paranormalhotlinepodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week. Oshin, you better have some paranormal next week. I'm going to hope to. You better try. You better try your damnedest. I'm you better try- bloody marry every single mirror that you pass. I'm on my way to go do it right now. I'm on my way (laughs) to Bloody Mary. Oh my god. What the fuck is going on? (laughs) Alright, bye. Bye bye.